I think you'll find, sir, that there will come a time when black people wake up and become intellectually independent enough to think for themselves, as other humans are intellectually independent enough to think for themselves, then the black man will think like a black man, and he will feel for other black people. And this new thinking and feeling will cause black people to stick together. And then at that point, you'll have a situation where when you attack one black man, you are attacking all black men. In 1881, there was a gathering known as the Scramble for Africa. Leaders from the most prominent nations in the Western world sat down to discuss how Africa was going to be divided. The likes of France, Great Britain and Portugal all played a major role on how Africa was going to be colonised. They created a set of rules which would ensure that the Western powers did not fight amongst themselves. Many people often wonder how the so-called richest continent in the world has the highest poverty rates amongst any region. Well, on this episode of Foreign Concept, we discuss how European powers divided Africa amongst themselves in what is now known as the Scramble for Africa. Foreign Concept, the unapologetically black podcast. 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 Back in the days, power was measured by the amount of land a country had. So the more land you owned, the more feared and powerful you were considered to be. If you look at Great Britain, for example, it is a small island located in the northwest region of Europe. However, because they were able to colonise the likes of India, they gained the appetite to expand on a global scale. Competition for land became fierce, especially in Europe. Most European countries had discovered gunpowder from China. Therefore, trying to invade their land would be more costly in terms of manpower and the resources needed to win and keep the land. As a result, the Western superpowers turned their eyes to Africa once again. While exploring the land, colonists discover the continent is rich in resources, stirring the appetite of European powers in the midst of industrial development. The situation was a lot different in Africa, where the Atlantic slave trade was already prominent. With the help of explorers such as Henry Morton Stanley, the colonial powers decided to venture towards the centre of Africa, hoping to discover new richness. The likes of Portugal, Britain and Spain already established very stronghold. This made it a lot easier for them to usurp the power from the local chieftains and then rule the surrounding area with complete autonomy. This is exactly what King Leopold of Belgium did. No one man should have all that power. Before the European leaders could act, he carved himself a large slice of Africa to which he called the Free State of Congo. The Congo was one of only a handful of places in the world where rubber grew wild, and Leopold acted quickly to exploit it. He formed the Force Publique, 
an army of Belgians and Africans, and got them to force Congolese natives into rubber harvesting. It was dangerous work and required scaling the tops of trees where the valuable vines hung. Leopold's rush to corner the world's rubber market led to a whole new form of slavery in the Congo and a reign of terror so brutal it would become the worst genocide in African history. As a result of King Leopold's actions, the likes of Germany, France, Italy, Britain, Portugal and Spain also wanted a piece of the pie. German Chancellor Bismarck, the most powerful man of his time, invites to his palace 16 diplomats from the leading Western countries to sit together around a table. Their aim, to divide up between themselves a continent, Africa. The meeting was done without the presence of any African leader at the time. Chunks of Africa was divided and given to each nation. Borders were created to separate each colony from the other. African tribes who had conflict and avoided each other were forced to coexist in order to become part of the country or else face execution. The southern Bantu-speaking people were given economic, political and educational advantage. The northern ethnic groups, two in particular, the Acholi and the Langi, were the main recruits for military and police positions. By exploiting linguistic, ethnic and cultural differences between the peoples of the North and South, Britain's divide and rule policies created a tension between them that helped maintain British rule. Before this meeting, known as the Berlin Conference, 90% of Africa was under African rule, whilst 10% was under European rule. However, within a 30-year period, that completely changed. Only Liberia and Ethiopia stayed independent. Land is stolen and redistributed to European settlers. Indigenous people are subject to taxes but have no money to pay them, so they find themselves working in the fields or in mines, which become a form of forced labour. According to the history books, Africans had more freedom in terms of how they governed their society during the slave period than they did once the Europeans discovered the richness of the continent. Podcast. To maintain this autonomy, Caucasians introduced European laws into the continent, meaning that Africans are currently being governed by an alien system. Britain cut the largest piece of African cake from Cairo to Cape Town, in addition to Nigeria and a few West African regions. The French took an east-west slice of the continent as well as Madagascar. The Belgians took Rwanda, Burundi and the Congo in what Joseph Conrad called the vilest scramble for loot that ever disfigured the history of human conscience. The natural resources found in each of these respective colonies, such as Colton, Diamond, Gold, became the property of the colonizers. As the years went by, some of these colonies became independent to an extent. However, they're still being governed by European laws. And some even rely on the colonizer for help, when in reality, the help they're offering is a smokescreen for what is happening behind closed doors. 
The colonies that rebelled against European laws ended up with a hefty fine to which they're still paying today. These countries are forced into a colonial tax, a tax that is based on the idea that these countries, despite having independence, owe France for the benefits of France's previous colonial rule. France also has first say over any new natural resources uncovered. The French government collects from its former colonies each year 440 billion euros of taxes. Absolutely ridiculous. The scramble for Africa changed the course of history for the Europeans as they went from being the poorest continent in the world to the most powerful just because of the simple fact that they're stealing natural resources from another land. For the Africans, they became spiritually lost. Many of them adapted to the colonizers' way of life. Their history was altered. Therefore, many of them don't know who they are. Throughout the globe, many of them have abandoned their African names and taken on their master's family name so that they can feel a sense of acceptance. No matter where they go, Africans slash black people are being treated the harshest. Even though it's because of them, the so-called country that they're in right now has developed. Their ancestors' free labor built the country and the resources stolen from Africa is currently sustaining it. Foreign Concept, the unapologetically black podcast. Podcast, podcast, podcast. This country belongs to Africans in the same way Nigeria belongs to South Africans. Nigeria is South Africa, South Africa is Nigeria. We are Zimbabweans. We need to do away with this nonsensical idea that was imposed on, on us by colonizers, by Theresa May ancestors, mm. that we, we must dislike each other. Mm. We must do away with that.